There was an older pastor close to retirement who had a condo away from the parish. It was a place that was a refuge, a place of quietness where he could go and rest and think and not run into people who needed something. And his plan was to retire there one day. When he finally retired, this place that was his refuge, he would just go and live there in the country, which he eventually did. It seemed like a brilliant, well-thought-out plan, and he diligently made sacrifices for it throughout his priesthood so that he could enjoy it when the time came. But when the time did come, there was something amiss. Once he had moved in and settled, the atmosphere changed. It was no longer a private place to get away from the chaos of parish life. It became a place in which he was isolated from the world. Once he no longer needed a place to escape, the place of escape became the place from which to escape, to find people and be with them. And eventually he sold his condo and is currently living in a rectory. Maybe you have experienced something similar. I know I have. Vacation. My ideal vacation is to have absolutely nothing to do, to go someplace in one place, not two days here, two days here, two days here, so that you have to keep packing up and moving to another hotel or something, and just be there and sit and read and walk and think. And that works for me. But then after about a week or maybe 10 days, I start thinking, I want to get back to work. I want to do something. I don't want to just fill my day, but I want to accomplish something. And not just for me. I want to do something meaningful, something bigger than myself. And that's the tricky thing about searching out happiness and meaning in your life. You don't catch it directly. Mere happiness cannot sustain you. And it's more than just a balanced life. For what's going to keep you going when the rug is pulled out from under your feet? When you are sick and not happy, there's nothing to be happy about. When you lose your job, when you have a breakup, when there's a failure. As this homily was being written, I got a text from my sister who said, check out your computer. Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris is burning. For art and architecture buffs, historians, romantics, for Francophiles, for those who love literature, for Catholics who love their heritage, this is a tragedy of great proportions. If you staked your life on happiness, on things such as the cathedral, this could really, really throw you. Life is full of tragedies, great and small. In the great Catholic prayer, the Salve Regina, we call this life the Valley of Tears. And what's going to see you through the valley? Forced happiness? Jesus faced his passion and death today. We come here to mark that. How could he face it? With a happy grin on his face? Come on, smile. Can't be that bad. No. And it cannot be written with, well, he was God after all. That would be to belittle the pain, the loss, and the grotesqueness of this experience, as well as his true human nature. He did sweat blood after all. 
But he could face it because of his love for us, because he took on the responsibility of our sins. He picked up his cross, and though it was not a pleasant thing, it brought with it monumental meaning, for it would make it possible for all humanity to be saved forever. He could have tried to safeguard his happiness by hiding somewhere with his disciples and eating well and maybe eventually going out to the beach and watching their favorite TV show, Jerusalem's Got Talent, and avoid all or most confrontation. But then what would his life mean? And when tragedy would hit, as it hits in life for all of us, what would have guarded his happiness? Where would he have found meaning? What would be the point of some, if some quirky thing happened, like John or Peter dying from a kick from a rogue camel? And eventually when he would start his dying process in his human nature, as we all will, it might happen unremarked much by anybody else and probably well forgotten by now, like the woodshed that used to be behind Byrider Hall that no one remembers, instead of like Notre Dame that the whole world mourns. And we do mourn him 2,000 years later because his life took on so much meaning as he bore the responsibility of our sins. As we take this moment today to mark his death and be in awe of it, let his words of advice ring in our ears. If you would be my disciple, pick up your cross and follow me. Be a man or woman for others. Christ did not suffer and die so that we might be more protective of our happiness. Rather, we can bear the tragedies of this life, not by grabbing at rights and seeking shelter and safeguarding our luxuries, but by bearing responsibility for the building up of the kingdom of God, responsibility for your corner of the world, to fulfill what is yours to do, for whom you owe it, to bring about meaning to the one life which you have been given, a life to look back on and of which you can be proud, even in tragedy, until your hardships and tragedies and victories are united with his, to follow in his footsteps, to pick up your cross and follow him.